Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Check it out, this is spoken word, broken verbal while I'm token herb. You heard this? Get hot on the beach where I live and put drum pad into some of the verses. If you didn't tell I'm a music, alright? Doesn't mean you don't like us, so good Christ. Man, I still drink beer, I still smoke weed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is Kate Prusser, I'm the managing editor of Lookout Landing, and with me today, as always, is my co-host John Troopin. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Kate, uh- how? What's your opinion on seasonal seasonal uh, beers, particularly mm. winter ales? Mm. Well, I lied earlier and told you I was going to be having a <laughs> cup of tea. Oh, whoops! I just dropped a bunch of stuff. Uh, I said I was going to tea. <laughs> no, that sounds which, terrible. Well, the tea doesn't exist because I lied to you, and I was saying <laughs> I want to. I feel like it's important that we start this podcast on, uh, you know, with with truth and honesty. It is uh, very important. Yeah, so I skipped past the Celestial Seasonings uh, sugar cookie sleigh ride that I thought about having. I have Wait. like four of these Sorry. holiday teas. I just keep buying them. Sugar cookie sleigh ride Sugar tea? cookie sleigh ride. Yeah, it tastes like a sugar cookie. I put a little milk in it and <clears throat> uh, whiskey. <laughs> 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 uh, there's also a cranberry one that's like sweetened with stevia, which is which is pretty good. There's a gingerbread one. Yeah, I've just like started. <laughs> I've just really leaned into collecting all of them. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's not old lady at all. Um, it's not so much old lady as it is. I think six year old child who has 
been given five dollars to run to grab something from the candy shop. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, that is also, if you want to locate my emotional age somewhere that's like a hybrid of six and 76 seems about right. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I like them. They're very festive. Like, I enjoy festiveness at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the Jubileo, which is what I usually drink on the podcast. Or have That's the what I'm drinking times. right now. It what is an really good. It's it a, is that's a really good, good. It's a good one. I don't have any. I have a... I, I have a bodhisattva here, which tastes very seasonally inappropriate, even though it's uh-huh. delicious. It is not. I, I do. I love a rich, warming holiday beer. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had a great Belgian Christmas ale from Beer Star, which is in White Center. And okay. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It is my, it is my happy place. I just really <laughs> enjoy I really enjoy spending time there, which may, may or may not have something to do with the fact that they have 48 taps. It helps. It, it does. And it's fun to, like, you can do a sampler and, like, just taste all kinds of different things. I find that Christmas beers can be a little much if you have a ton of it. Oh. So getting the, getting the, having the option to have smaller sizes and try a lot of stuff is something I really enjoy. Well, and if if you ever get tired of it, you can just break it off to some sugar cookie tea to really sort of <laughs> cleanse your palate. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> so <coughs> what, what are we what are we going to talk about today, Kate? What are we oh well, I was going to ask you how your Thanksgiving was. Happy happy oh. thank, happy belated Thanksgiving. That's this is the first time I've talked to you since the holiday. So we are now in true. full Christmas swing. That's true. Here yeah. at my house, but um, uh, yeah, we we are our house looks about the same, but a lot a lot of cheer. For mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. Um, but Thanksgiving was good. Uh, played some played some football that did not end in serious injury. Good, always. Oh, unlike the Seattle Seahawks, good job. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah I I've had a history of running over accidentally uh, or accidentally running over uh, either my brother's friends or my brother's friends' children in in the game Ooh. that we normally play. So uh, this was a relative success. For good, me. good. Uh, well, you know, you 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 play football with a bear. You, you're going to come out with a few. Uh, bumps and you bruises. get the horns. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, that's, that's as, as totally, the old saying goes. Totally zoologically uh, correct. What about yes. you, Kate? You 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 sort of you showed me a slightly terrifying uh, sort of tome that you uh, apparently have of plans that you, that you make. Cause yeah, I yeah, you t- yeah. I you no, I was I was in charge. Yes, and I was in charge of the whole thing. So. Um, you know, anyone who has not cooked Thanksgiving dinner doesn't know what a battle it is. Like, you have to start weeks ahead of time with the menu planning, and you have to check and make sure this person doesn't eat gluten, and this person doesn't eat meat, and you have to make sure you have enough on the table for everybody. And then my sister doesn't like anything at all, so <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's a challenge. It's always a challenge, so just balancing all of that and... Then preparing all the stuff and yeah, it was it was a uh, I was exa- I slept so hard <laughs> the day after. I just what uh, slept what and turned slept out the best? Slept. What were you most proud of? That you, uh, uh, I make this every year, but you know, green bean casserole gets a real bad rap. And it's good though. It's, it's so good. No, not the kind with like mushroom soup, and that's disgusting. Well, fu- no, fuck that. But no, green, yeah, that's ju- terrible. I mean, green beans just generally are great. So like, yes, if you, yes. it shouldn't be tough to ma- make you, them good you get people the do a lot to fuck them up <laughs> you get the haricot ver from um trader joe's that's step one 
get that bag. <laughs> and then I have a recipe from Cooking Light where you make, you make, instead of using disgusting cream of mushroom soup, you like saute up some onions and some mushrooms, although I can't do mushrooms. My dad hates mushrooms, so... You saute your veg. <laughs> I would love this with mushrooms, though. You should definitely make it with mushrooms if you make it. Uh, and just, like, cr- uh, milk or cream and brandy or sherry. And it's delicious. It just comes out. Oh, and then fr- homemade breadcrumbs and Parmesan mm. cheese. And it's like it's awesome. I could really... <sighs> I was contemplating just running off into the night with the... the <laughs> You do it on the skillet and you finish it in the broiler and it gets all brown and crispy on the top. Yeah, I was just going to flee and start a new life with my green bean casserole. (laughs) Forget all the rest of the work. Uh, So, yeah, that was I do it every year. and It's pretty good. But now we are into we're into Christmas and the holiday season uh, and all of that. And. The hot stove should be hotening up, and yet, and yeah. yet, much like when I attempted to make my carrots on the tiniest burner on the stove, I continually kept testing it. I don't know, the burner must have gone out. I kept touching it and touching it, and it was like barely warm to the touch. And that is a good equivalent for what is going on in this hot stove season. I feel and it. It's tough, right? Because I. And I I don't know if this always it doesn't feel this way. I mean, last year certainly didn't feel this way, you know, because we had a lot going on you know, already <laughs> last week. But just across the league, you know, this is this is the case, and and there are a few few clear factors for it, uh, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. Uh, you know, just because we have the entire league waiting on where Shohei Otani is going to yeah. go, the entire so, league waiting on where Giancarlo Stanton is going to be traded. Um, and while but, while not a lot seems to be happening on the surface, we are having lots of things are happening that are kind of sub rosa. I think or these gradual developments are happening. So first, mm-hmm. it was the question of will Stanton be traded, and then we've got we've been monitoring things coming out about. Um, you know, him reportedly being told that if he refuses a trade, he'll be <laughs> the lone star left standing and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other PR genius moves like that. And we've been very lucky, I think, to have uh, DePoto be the kind of GM that he is so far. I, I know that there are criticisms about his performance. I myself have some criticisms about specifically how he treats the assets that we already have in the organization (laughs) but just his front-facing persona i think the degree of transparency he works in um and obviously you know if you have not listened to his podcast yet the wheelhouse (laughs) which is a very clever name even though it also kind of sounds like a karaoke bar yeah so goldsmith goldie and uh depoto have gotten together twice and, and this is something that's been put together by uh former lookout landing uh, member and, po- and podcast Mench. runner, G- General uh, Mench. Yeah, General Colin. General Mench, Colin O'Keefe. Um, but you know, essentially talking about initially the first, I think the first round was a lot of talk about their pursuit of Otani, Shohei Otani, and um, the different ways that they've been planning for this for the rest of the last year or so, and how a lot of the moves to acquire international signing money, um, and various other assets 
have been uh, towards that end. Uh, it's it's very uh, it's very it's very revealing, and and I I you know I think uh, you put it well in that you know there are moves that Depoto's made that are good. There are moves that Depoto's made that we have <laughs> taken serious issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that we can get a good read and that we have communication and that you don't just have well we know what we're doing you know don't question us you know that that you have people acknowledging mistakes and people trying to make adjustments i don't know if that's the best way i don't know if it's the you know the worst way but it certainly makes me feel better as a fan uh and as someone who's (laughs) <laughs> trying to cover something to say these people are communicating their plans and their ideas to some degree. I think in this age, transparency is essential. Like specifically with what is going on kind of in the cultural zeitgeist right now, mm-hmm. we see the importance of not hiding things, of not having things happen behind closed doors. Because if they're the right things, why are they happening behind closed doors? And there is like an aspect to where you have to protect some things. Like you can't be laying out your whole plan for other for your rivals to steal, right? But sure. there's a degree to which you can be very transparent about what's happening. Um, there's a degree to which you need to be accountable for what's happened. And I think that we've seen that a little bit in the in the podcast in saying, you know, well, this this try didn't work. So this is where we're headed now. Um, this is what I learned from this. And I just don't see any world in which it's not good to say, this is a mistake I made and this is what I learned. And I think if we saw a lot more of that in the world, we would, uh, we would be in a better place right now. Um, but <laughs> beyond that, uh, it's also about as stark a contrast to the Zerednik regime as you can get right where everything was closed doors and everything was about blame shifting and just pushing the blame downhill so it fell on people who maybe weren't the major creators of the situation Mm. and so then you have you have the same that's how the same mistakes happen when the blame is foisted off on someone else and the main actors in that decision-making process don't take accountability, don't learn from things, you can't move forward. And so that's what we saw with the Jack Z years. For for almost a decade, the franchise was at a standstill. So say what you will about DePoto and the mistakes he's made. There's movement happening here. And it's not all good movement, but it is all hopefully adding up to a direction of moving us forward and also there's nothing else going on right now and it's so great to be able to say you know as we're kind of casting around for content (laughs) to look at well what did depoto say because we can we can do a close read on some of that um and i think specifically with finding out about so many gms are being secretive about otani because Mm -hmm. i think they don't want to tip their hand they don't want to show their cards um, which to me, being able to say, we've been doing this for a while and we're willing to let you in on this part of our process mm-hmm. is brave. And it's, again, it's showing, we don't have anything to hide. Like we know that we've done this work and we've been doing our due diligence and we're going to let the fans in on this and we're going to 
create some ground level excitement. I would say that there's a lot more excitement about Otani possibly coming to the Mariners. And I, I think it's not just among the fans, but you're starting to see it picked up in the media now too. Would you agree with mm-hmm. that? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it in the times, we've seen it on several different sort of publications and, uh, yeah, it's, it's understandably getting the, the enthusiasm and the, the hope that we deserve. And, you know, I think you and I are both sort of wary and, and still think the Mariners are not necessarily the favorites to get him because the Yankees have more money and also have uh, a good spot, uh, you know, both a spot in their rotation and a spot at DH. But, um, you know, who knows? You know, uh, you know, who knows what exactly he will he will want, and and certainly as a as a character and and as a as an individual he has displayed an uh sort of a disdain or or not a disdain but a, a distaste for centering himself in the limelight mm-hmm. so uh you know as as much as we can be hopeful about that uh certainly we're we're the mariners are not limelight heavy uh, <laughs> and and they need him very they need him very badly so you know if if and and his arrival instantly changes the the course of the team so that is that right. is something as much as a difference maker if he's looking for that sort of perfect balance of where he will make the most impact and yet there's a supporting cast around to allow him to be that boat that the tide that lifts the rest of the boats, which I think is mm-hmm. how Cano was described when he came here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's that we are well positioned for that as far as he could make an, an immediate impact. And yet also um, it's not completely dragging the carcass of a 70 win team out of <laughs> the basement of their yes. division. Right. Uh, sorry, Reds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would, you would, he would definitely, definitely make a huge impact for Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, a journey of a million miles, even if you take a big first step, it's, it's <laughs> you're, st- you're still a ways away. Right. Um, so, I mean, that might be. So, let's maybe should we talk a little bit about this questionnaire then? Absolutely. All um, right. So, so Shohei Otani, uh, his representation. Uh, the CAA, the Creative Artists Agency, I believe. Um, also, can we point out for a second, he did not go with Boris. So, <laughs> again, uh, he, um, despite perhaps being swayed by Boris's ever more fanciful flights uh, with language <laughs> that he is undergoing. Indeed. Uh, and I, th- I thought it was really interesting that he didn't go with that so again like maybe the god of playoffs eric hosmer <laughs> take the train the, to playoffsville the eternal ru- deity yes the king kong of dong i just it's like it's like the weirdest don king crossed with like uh, a, kid in your, a kid in your dorm who just finished his first course of like intro to philosophy it's like wow this is so many big ideas but not the linguistic tools to use to get there uh yeah that i mean just 
just making that choice for creative artist agency, which is also, you know, very well regarded, um, yeah. but maybe doesn't have the flash factor of Boris. Seemed just to me a more to, balanced. Yeah. right? Seemed to me to kind of line up with my initial impressions of Otani. Um, and so, you know, they've they've sent out a questionnaire um, because they can and because <laughs> there has I never mean, been a free agency we're, situation. We're so, uh, I'm a little disappointed it is a questionnaire and it's not like, um, you know, like a Nickelodeon 90s game show style uh-huh. obstacle course or like Temple of the Hidden Otani where they have to yeah. like each GM has to... Yeah. I believe Jeff Sullivan has been like uh, tweeting a string of yeah, yeah ideas <laughs> of of potential different things that uh, that the team should be doing. <laughs> Shohei Otani will sign with the team that most convincingly demonstrates its unwavering zeal to help him steal gold from Fort Knox. Yes, yeah, that was uh, a good one. It's a little yeah. uh, Cards Against Humanity feeling yes. reading those tweets like yes, uh, um, but. We we digress. Uh, so yes, yes. Sorry, Ota- back to, back no. to questionnaire, <laughs> which I'm happy that they did because I am a nerd, and well, questionnaires so are my jam. I was gonna say you you are 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 a test person. Are yes, you not? yeah, are you yeah. Well, I I mean when when the tests are English, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, when um, the, when when they are not when there is no mathematical component, I score quite highly. Yes. So, you, you, when you took the SAT or the ACT or or whatever standardized test, what did, first of all, I guess so you did they have the wassail? What did they have? No, no, no. The, and like I went standardized to standardized test. N- no, there was no wassail when I was in school. Uh, I took the ACT, and I don't remember what I got on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to ask you to post your scores here. I'm just no, <laughs> like I, I knew them for a long time. I don't even remember how many the ACT was out of. It was so so weird. But I did get a perfect score on yeah. the SAT verbal. And then, uh, you know, obviously the AP tests. And then the Praxis, when I was a teacher, I did really well on those. Although that was like, it was really easy to do well on the Praxis. Uh, now, what was the Praxis? Oh, Praxis is a word that means test. So they can't For get sure. too um, can't get too <laughs> metaphorical when you're dealing with teachers. I thought it meant like in action, doesn't it? Doesn't Praxis mean like putting something into action like yeah well there's there's teaching praxis yeah Ah, but it it kind of means test (laughs) um turns out we're both nerds yeah anyway so uh yeah but i have always felt very confident much more confident about my ability to write something down and get what i want from writing than in any other way um because there's so much that you can include if you were just thoughtful enough and careful enough um, and really use the right details and the right amounts mm. at which point I'd say that par- part of my day job is um, helping people write applications for various things for you know med school mm. for colleges those kinds of things um, it, it's just it's a it's a comfortable setting for me but it's also I think something where 
I'm I'm happy that he is asking these questions and asking them in this way and maybe using this as a winnowing process to see like who who is maybe a good fit for me if this is the way that he's going about his process if this is something that is valuable to him then I think being able to show that you're a team who equally values that way of interaction and that um yeah I just keep coming back to the idea of being nerds like let's just all be nerds together <laughs> right mm-hmm. um so I I feel like yeah if it was a if it was genuinely a test of strength although I I I appreciate Jerry DePoto and he looks like a fit fellow I feel much better about our ability to woo with a presentation. And I mean, part of that is just seeing everything that the Mariners do, right? Seeing everything that comes out of the organization, which is always pitch perfect, um, timely, important. Um, you know, if, if it's going to, if this is going to yeah. play a role in how he evaluates us, mm-hmm. I feel really good and it's not just because, you know, we know Colin, we know Jose, we we know some of the people who are behind putting that product out. It's yeah. just an overall organizational value of making sure that what the club says publicly matches their values internally. And I mean, it's like, I think sometimes the team, I certainly I see it on like Twitter and different things, but like the team gets ragged on because, you know, they'll win some sort of award for like you know like they'll win the award for like best in-game you know like video presentations and then the first five responses will be like didn't win it on the field lol and it's yes always i think we just knocked off the giants for um the most recycled (laughs) content at games right like we we, the greenest the The greenest greenest stadium stadium. which was a big deal the giants had won that thing for like nine years eight years years. yeah Yeah. i I think you're right uh so we knocked them off and like that is a big that is a big deal and it is something to be proud of like we are we are putting these values into place (laughs) and like (laughs) Always, always the first comment is something. You're going to win something. Do you know how unfunny that is? Like the 50th (laughs) time. Oh, my God. It's not funny to begin with. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, I, all of that is, which is to say, I get that. Yeah, it's wonderful. Like the team does a lot of things well, and it still is infuriating that they don't win that much. But if we're going to look at it in this way. There is not a better situation that the Mariners could be in than having a fairly reclusive guy <laughs> who has lived somewhere where it's been generally kind of rainy and chill most of his <laughs> life, uh, who doesn't love the spotlight and wants and and was easily con- or not easily but was convinced to sort of decide his plans based on a very well presented argument uh once before and now yeah. wants another you know well presented argument uh yet again and so uh should should we get into this questionnaire a little bit yes because, let's know, do as, that and just yeah. just it, to catch those of you up if you were not sure what john was referring to it's to his ori- otani was set on coming to mlb out of high school oh, yeah. his yes. team the Nippon Ham Fighters drafted in many ways, despite him being 
saying openly he did not want to be drafted, and then presented him with such a knock your socks off presentation that he decided to stay. Yeah. So they said, you know, essentially we will this is how we're gonna develop you as a pitcher and a hitter. We are going to do this for five years and you are going to be a better prospect and in Mm -hmm. a better position to come over. Uh, And in five years, we will allow you to be posted ahead of schedule. Um, And so, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, we, we don't want to get everyone's hopes up too much, but at the same time, like this is not, we're, we're not in, we're not being fantastical. Like this is not the Mariners, you know, going out and, and, sign you know trading for for mike trout or or some outrageous thing you know like this is something that the mariners are right in it for right this is something that's rooted in precedent as well and you can be dismissive and i feel like i see this a lot on twitter people being dismissive of the idea that these things matter because i think we are as americans bred in a culture where we're taught that these things don't matter Mm -hmm. uh we're not taught that we're taught that money matters the most. And I think that that's a fair, I think that's a fair thing to say yeah. about and, living and in a capitalist society in modern America. <laughs> um, not, not to get too far down that road, but um, I think you have to go off of what you're seeing and what you're being told matters to him. And mm. This isn't a silly thing, like filling out the, we can make jokes about it, but filling out the questionnaire and filling it out well is the first of, the first very important step. And it's also the only, the only, uh, essentially, you know, uh, uh, way that Otani has of establishing, you know, his authority in this situation because he has been the rules were made in such a way that completely screw him in terms of what his actual, you know, earning potential is. Um, you know, he would be g- signing a $200 million contract. Right. Uh, if if the rules were, you know, if, if he was subject to the same rules that normal free agents are subject to. But because he wants to come play in the professional in major league baseball two years earlier uh, you know he's he's gonna be in a tough spot yeah and, so and i mean the rules suck but also he's making a choice i i feel yes. like we get away from that he's making yeah. a choice and that yeah. is he wanted to do this he has he could sit in japan and just mature for two more years and then come and mm-hmm. still get a massive payday mm-hmm. um but he doesn't he's Looked in. The, he's betting on himself, essentially. He is, be- so he is betting on himself. Absolutely. I, I think that I don't want the agency in the choice that he's making to get too lost from this. Um, so, with all of that uh, yes. preamble, and so we're we're gonna do just for we we didn't do this to start, but we're gonna go through the questionnaire. We're gonna take a break, and then we'll do some questions. But, Sounds good. Um, there are seven questions. The first question. Um, and and we're I think going to try and do this together as from the perspective of what the Mariners could offer or mm-hmm. just what our perspectives are depending on what makes sense. The first question is an evaluation of Shohei Otani himself <laughs> as a pitcher and a hitter. <laughs> uh, but enough about me. What do you think of me? <laughs> and I do understand that this is why people think that this was um, an arrogant move to send this out. Uh, but mm. y- again, you have to understand the dude's been in Japan 
pretty limited from understandings of like what MLB clubs are like. All he knows are what his maybe few American teammates could tell him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those are guys who are a couple years out generally. So he doesn't have a good pulse on what is happening in baseball right now in the U.S. as far as how clubs are run. So, yeah. Um, So, Kate, I think we could be fairly brief. You wrote an article earlier this week uh, for Look at Landing about sort of just looking at him as a hitter generally after having generally appraised him as a pitcher uh, earlier this, I think it was in September, maybe early October, somewhere in there. Um, And and we also have uh, the Zips projections that Dan Zimborski did. Um, and those, you know, those projections had him at about a three and a three, three and a half win pitcher with in, in only about 140 innings, as well as about a two win player, um, you know, sort of a, a, you know, hits 260, 270, decent walk rate, 20 homers, um, in about 300 plate appearances as, as a, as a DH. So that's a, good player just based yeah. on projections um what did what did you see when you when you sort of looked at him you know mechanically and 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 with his arsenal <laughs> as a pitcher um looking at the i think that his hitting has taken a backseat to his pitching in the conversations that we've had about him obviously because everyone wants an elite starter because it's so mm-hmm. hard to find one and i mean this is like a GM's dream, right? Like this is mm-hmm. a fully formed mm-hmm. frontline pitcher that's just springing. Like you know, if, uh, was it Athena who jumped out of the head of Zeus? It was indeed. Okay, good. Phew. I know I can't mess up my mythological references around you. I'd be so <laughs> embarrassed. I've done it before too. I'm learning. Um, or but, Venus from the foam. Yes. So just appearing. <laughs> whole before them it is he is a mythological creature in some ways um but i he loves hitting and i think that a huge mistake a club would make or could make would be to not devote equal amount of time in discussing his abilities as a hitter and as a pitcher um i would yeah, I, I don't know if any of them would be foolish enough to make such a low-level calculated error, but then I remember <laughs> some of the things that I've seen baseball clubs do over the past year. So yeah, uh, nothing nothing would be shocking. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I I would agree. I think you 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 probably see Otani as as a front end starter, maybe not. A number, you know, maybe not one of the top five pitchers in the league, but you know, one of the, you know, maybe a number two starter or something like that. Just his first time through, first year, especially as he's sort of building up his strength, mm-hmm. um, you know, and building up his stamina. Because you know, for those of you who don't know, in Japan, they play uh, five games a week, I believe, um, and or or at least you you have. Uh, or I should say, you have you have one start a week, rather. I believe it's it's uh, you have you have six days of rest. Yeah, pitchers go every uh, six days. Yes. So, uh, so you know, Otani and many Japanese pitchers have come over and 
have had a lot of success, but also there have been a lot of injury issues, not because, you know, there are, you know, weaker pitchers, but just, I think, because it's a different schedule and it's difficult sometimes to recalibrate rapidly to a a, a new uh, and different schedule i feel like we are wandering into the next area of the Mm -hmm. the thing so which is about development so i want to kind of put a pin in that conversation for right now and just say like if you are writing up an evaluation of him just sticking to evaluation of him as a pitcher and a hitter what do you tell him as a club uh, I think you tell him you come over here and you are going to, you know, we are going to work on developing your off-speed pitches and developing, you know, your <laughs> control on yes. your fastball. That's I mean, you know, that's you're, you're going you're gonna to focus in more detail, obviously, than we're just saying here. But, you know, his as a pitcher, he's fine. You know, yes. he can be better. He can improve. But he's not you know there he's gonna be a good mlb pitcher because you just don't have the types of pitches that he has um you know he's had a higher walk rate but you can have a higher walk rate if you strike out people the way that he does and he he'll be fine as a hitter if you get as many ground balls as he does he gets a lot of ground balls um he's the unicorn as (laughs) depoto said on the yes on his podcast earlier (laughs) uh high strikeouts high high ground ball rate. yeah that's that's Uh, the dream yeah. So um, I think you you do talk about refining him mm-hmm. as a pitcher. You praise what he can do already, obviously, and then give him a yeah. very targeted plan. Uh, yeah. I think there's more work to do with him as a hitter. Yes, um, And I would be really interested in what specifically the Mariners would pitch him as how we can improve you. But here's what I learned from doing his the breakdown on his swing. Mm-hmm. Um it's a beautiful swing. It's very balanced. <laughs> I just, you know, you can freeze the gifts of him swinging at any point and just draw a mm-hmm. perfect line from his head straight through his hips down to the ground where it's all just split evenly between his feet. Like he never overbalances. He never throws his weight one way or the other, um, which is interesting for somebody who has obviously looked at a lot of uh, Bryce Harper film. And you can see yeah. a lot of Bryce Harper in he sets up his load um but his finish has a lot more polish on it than i think and the way that he generates power is is different and i'm not sure people have said the swing is maybe too long for mlb um i think you said that you you think you see a hitch in the swing he i mean it's I don't want to get too technical on an audio podcast (laughs) wherever but you know i i think he will strike out at a pretty high rate, uh, I think he will hit for pretty solid power, and I think he'll be a decent hitter, and I think we'll see him improve. We would see him improve more dramatically as a hitter, uh, but I think we would see him struggle more as a hitter, right? Yeah, I think um, what I would do at this section is I would split it up into the professional development, the physical, and then the overall organizational health. Uh, to talk about the, to, to kind of that three-pronged approach. Um, and, you know, it's not just uh, Andy McKay. It's a lot like Tony Arnreich, which I hope I'm saying his name right. He is <laughs> one of the minor league catching coordinators, and he's just like, 
he's a an Andy McKay clone. Like he's all about the the mental side and you know tweets a lot about engaging that and how to get the best performance out of your player and just to show that that commitment it's not a surface level thing it is something that permeates all levels of the organization um and you're gonna see i would also point to as far as the player development goes i would point to the improvement that they've made with certain players i would point to i would hold up mike zanino i would talk about people like Braden Bishop playing to the utmost ceiling of his ability last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would talk about Eric Folia, who just lit the Arizona Fall League on fire. Um, guys who are playing to the best of their abilities, and then some. Maybe they aren't the top level prospects, but we are able to get something special out of these guys. And in in that top level prospects discussion, you know, you could talk about guys like James Paxton and Mike Zunino right. who made major who were able to make major adjustments in 2016 uh after spending time in Tacoma and spending time uh you know working with the Mariners coaching staff the Mariners you know development uh program people who everyone saw the talent of uh who hadn't right. been able to make it happen consistently um and finally have you know and and so uh i i i think this is somewhere where the mariners have a fine case but not as strong a case as other teams you know you can't point the you know the mariners can point to this and other teams can point to stronger track records yeah the Um, problem is that the mariners haven't been doing it as long right like we are we're two years into this um, yeah. I think that the changes have been significant and yeah. there's enough stuff that you can point to and say, look at this, look at this, look at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have Edgar. Like there's, I would braid <laughs> him into that conversation as well. I For would sure. show the um, Logan Morrison and Mark Trumbo who aren't with the organization anymore, but talking about the improvements that they made and what they learned under his tutelage uh yeah i would point to people like tyler o'neill who's not in the organization anymore but who they kind of manufactured into a top 100 prospect Mm -hmm. over you know just guys taking huge leaps forward and guys who aren't in the organization anymore who are Mm -hmm. still moving forward because they had that extra push um you know Um, it's hard to it's hard to think about those guys you know it's it reflects seems like it reflects poorly on the team to have let them go and have them succeed elsewhere but you have to look at um the foundation that got laid while they were here so yeah yeah, i agree with you like it's not you can't look at our farm system and say that's a top 10 farm system or maybe not even top 20 but you can look at it and say they're doing a lot with what they have which to me is equally impressive maybe more impressive than being able to draft a bunch of guys and have developed them for years and just have like all these top tier guys i think i think it's more impressive to do more with (laughs) what's perceived as less that's personal um i think the the last thing i'll say about this and then you know a couple of these are are shorter ones so we're taking uh, i think the the maximum this is the and travis sachik had a had a piece on fan graphs today about how this is the most 
of the entire questionnaire, this yes. section is the most important. Yes. Um, and it is. Uh, I mean, it's I this is the tell me how you'll make me, tell me why you are good and how you will make me better section. Which, yes. And how you will keep me healthy, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and, and so that healthy point, I think, cuts both ways, right? Because the Mariners had a just <laughs> abysmal yes. injury. Awful. Uh, injury you know situation last year and not great the year before um and they took you know they took specific steps to try and head that off this year right or well this offseason already um and it's sort of you know i'm i'm torn on how much you know, weight, I think you want to give this, but I, I think they are going to lean in and into it as much as possible um, in terms of the work they're doing with Dr. Martin and the entire high fo- high performance uh, sort of role. And, and on, the, on the Wheelhouse podcast, DePoto talked about how Dr. Martin and Scott Service have had a number of lengthy conversations already about how they can develop a playing time <laughs> plan, <laughs> you know, right. a specific, you know, plan for, okay, these guys are going to play this amount. These guys are going to get this number of days off. We're going to set them up so that they can do that in this, these periods of time. And, you know, you'll always have to make adjustments based on injuries and based on people playing better than expected, people playing worse than expected. But, especially in the off season plans are what <laughs> convince people plans are what get people excited and having you know they're the mariners are the only team with this kind of organizational you know position uh and you know it's brand new but they are still the only ones with this type of you know position and Dipoto talked about and and you know we we've seen this in other sports and you you can see it in in many sports you know, sort of the emphasis on proper uh, I guess proper conditioning and proper hydration and proper uh, training methods you know for for years for for decades for almost a century baseball was a sport where most people didn't lift. Or, or people yeah. lifted very minimally because you didn't want to hurt your flexibility. Um, and in Japan, many players still uh, do not lift very much because flexibility is highly emphasized. And Otani is a, is an outlier in that regard. He is a guy who lifts religiously uh, and really believes in having uh, you know regimen and strengthening himself. Um, and and so I think that's a point where the Mariners can, <laughs> if they do it well, uh, say we have a plan for your unique situation, uh, you know that will be, uh, you know, a, a, you know we 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 can show you a, a well articulated plan that will allow you to do everything that you want to do. Um, and and hopefully they can fill in the rest of that uh, convincingly. One thing that I wanted to say is um, Depoto talked on that Wheelhouse podcast about going and seeing mm, what's the soccer league? Uh, the Premier League. Premier League. Okay. Premier. 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 Okay. 
So he talked about going and doing that and taking lessons from their training, which if you want an example of an extremely physically punishing sport, yeah. I think soccer is a pretty good one. Uh, obviously, you, you know, we think about football, but football, I think, is so far beyond what human bodies should be doing that um, and their injury track record does not look great this year either. So um, and then Dr. Martin comes from a basketball background. And so mm. another extremely punishing, extremely cardiovascularly intense sport um, so this idea of pulling experts or polling experts from across sports, so not just baseball, but looking into how do we optimize the human body as an instrument? How do we get, because, uh, you know, baseball, like you were saying, has kind of a tradition of not being the sport of elite athletes. Uh, we we treasure our, our large adult sons of baseball, Um because it's possible to get by, you, you're not going to see anybody who looks like Bartolo Colon out there running around in on a basketball court, right? Yeah. And that is part of the sport's beauty, as Altuve has said, that people of all sizes and shapes can play it. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot to learn about conditioning elite athletes from these other sports. And so I think so. one of the things that DePoto gets dinged on is his... Um, it's dinged for his approach to the international market, which is basically sign as many as you can, deal them freely, uh, right? He treats them like lottery tickets. And I know that some of us have said that there's like um, maybe an unwillingness to get involved in the international market that kind of suggests some unpleasant things or it feels myopic or narrow-minded. And I think that this, this is a pretty good example of... Um, that this front office does have a vision and it does have a broad reaching vision. It's just maybe we're not seeing, maybe they're exploring avenues that we haven't seen explored as much in baseball. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And, and hopefully that creativity, you know, I mm -hmm. creative can sometimes get you burned. Creative can sometimes get you far better results than anyone expects and and you know i think for a long time the mariners have been criticized rightfully for being behind the curve um and there are a lot of you know there are a lot of curve there are always a lot of curves that people are trying to get ahead of right um hopefully this one is the is is a, an influential one well, one of the things that I've seen trotted out as a criticism is that Jack Z also tried to do this. He tried to do the the player health initiative. Um, but as Shannon Dreyer pointed out, it it wasn't as thought through as this was. It wasn't organic. It wasn't meaningful. It was sort of a slap together idea. So there's there is creative and there's risk taking. Um, and there's a way to do that smartly, I think, which is if you're going to do it, you can't half-ass it. You have to go all the way in. And I think that that's what we're seeing with the hiring of Dr. Martin, with like embedding this into every level of the organization. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a surface change. It's something that is shaping how the organization is going to be. And th there are going to be growing pains from that. And it's going to look bad at times because when you try new things... Sometimes it doesn't look great right away. Mm -hmm. um, but I I think that there is enough thought behind this and 
ideas that seem to make sense. <laughs> right? Like, hey, maybe yeah. let's look at other sports and see how they protect their athletes. Seems to me like a like a seems to me like one of those good obvious ideas that why didn't yeah. we think of this before, right? Yeah. <laughs> which which many of them do. <laughs> which in which in retro exactly. Yeah. Um, um yeah. I, I, I think that's a I think that's right on point and and i i think that is as you mentioned and with the travis sochik article that is going to be essentially what it comes down to as as much as anything because most of the teams that have been listed as the favorites for drawing otani he's going to be going to a team that either is already a playoff team or would be a playoff team with him yeah, and with the knowledge of him informing the rest of their offseason moves, uh, if you know. if remember, there's always the positive. The Reds are making a strong push, hey, so hey. that's can't count anyone out. <laughs> they got prospects to deal, and and Giancarlo's <laughs> waiting. But I do think. Oh that God, that'd be funny. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> you can just uh, work on that fanfic later. Uh, uh, I think the positioning uh, of this question as second is uh, key too, because that's yeah. that's kind of the power position. Uh, you get through question one, that's your warm-up. That is the Mitch Haniger position. <laughs> Kate, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> I know we had this debate about if we want Gamble leading off or Segura hitting second and whatnot, but it is the Mitch Haniger okay. position. You're you're absolutely All correct. Right. Uh, uh, so should we move to should, <laughs> yeah, we, should we, we move to the Cano question about yes, facilities? The They're good. We got them. Yeah. <laughs> we got a new yeah. turf. Um, Peoria's nice. <laughs> Tacoma Safeco's right there. Dope. Tacoma's right there. If you yeah, have to, right. you know, take a little rehab yeah. assign yeah. or yeah. if that's I mean, where you start yeah. for whatever reason, you're in our backyard basically. Yeah. No, I mean, pretty universally, people say Safeco's awesome. So. Yeah, I think I think we're we're good there. Uh, I know it's lost some of its um, reputation as a pitcher's park <laughs> yeah. the last year, but hopefully, uh, with the lowering of the turf, we come back yeah. to and maybe also, the unjuicing of the ball. I don't I don't know what the ball is going to do next year. <laughs> dare to dream, friend. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think it's likely. Oh. Uh, Shohei Otani has pitched at uh, in in Peoria at the Mariners' spring training field. Yes, yes, uh, he knows. He knows. I, he knows that. It, it was a sort of sim sim game, uh, and very sort of surprising and odd to realize that that was the case. But you know, he kno- he knows what the Mariners' facilities are like, yeah. and I, I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is one where I feel like Oakland. every essentially, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's not Oakland. Like, there's not sewage in the dugout. So, what? Yeah. Like, Shohei, it's gonna be fine. But this I is <laughs> this is the one where I feel like everybody is on an equal playing field except o- yeah. Oakland. Yeah, it's um, it's not like it's this is not college in this specific regard. This is not like college sports recruiting. Like, for the most part, other than just. Yeah, this isn't Wazoo making you watch. Do you like it really cold? This isn't Wazoo making you walk in your cleats down the a mile f- to your facility. Yeah. Uh, although they're working on that, bless their hearts. That's, yeah, God love. Uh, okay, question four: uh, details for Shohei Otani's cultural assimilation. Ooh, boy! So, I I think this should be interpreted 
within the clubhouse, right? Because there's a later question about why the city and franchise is a desirable place uh, to to play, and what, and then another why the well, city but there's, is a there's desirable place The next place question to live. is about integrating into the organization. So I am unsure. Uh, I am very interested in the fact that just to preview things a little it's cultural assimilation integrating into the organization why this is a desirable place to play and relevant marketplace characteristics so four of the questions are about why will i like it here or why will i be comfortable here which is interesting to me and also i mean None of them. Can, it is worth noting. None of them can be. How are you going to secretly pay me more? <laughs> <laughs> so it does. You know, you would imagine it has to be sort of focused on like yeah, relevant marketplace <laughs> characteristics. I think is definitely like what deals will I be able to sign to uh, afford rent in your city <laughs> while I'm making you know zero dollars. Uh, so I, I do for a baseball player zero yes. dollars for a baseball yes. player. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> please, please don't add us with uh with housing concerns. There's this beyond our scope. Um, although it is terrible and it is really hard. And actually, having talked to a few of the players in AAA, they're like, "Oh my God!" When they get first get sent up here, I remember Ian Miller was like, "Why is it so expensive here?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, you were in Arkansas." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Even Tacoma really is a point. is a big big step. Yeah, it's difficult, and uh, mm-hmm. especially for those guys who get moved mid year. Yeah. Imagine how and hard it is. They're mainly making like you know regular like. Or, you know, yeah, they're making like eleven hundred bucks a month, right? like yeah. at most. Yeah, so imagine. Remember how hard it was for you to find housing. Yeah. Uh, and imagine uh, Andrew Moore lived in Puyallup the whole year and drove from Puyallup every day up to Safeco when he was with the big team. So that was, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's, it's a, it is a real issue. So I, I do understand some of these questions like, um, what will you do to make it easy for me? What, what, how will this be so easy for me that all I have to do is focus on being a good baseball player? Um, and I don't know if they're allowed to like buy him an apartment and set him up. Um, like how much of that would be, yeah. is that within, I don't know how that contract, we got to get Tim, we gotta get lawyer Tim <laughs> to yeah. uh, suss this out for us. The one thing that, Lookout Landing will never be in short supply of is lawyers. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate yeah. you. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. we are flush. We are flush with lawyers, <laughs> which is also very useful in case either of us ever say anything on this podcast that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if they didn't come after us when we were uh, insulting <laughs> around the world, insulting and all the, the various countries. Around the world in 80 <laughs> In 80 indices. <laughs> in 80 lawsuits. Good, <laughs> good and great. Uh, uh, all right. Okay. Cultural so, assimilation. <laughs> Cultural assimilation. <laughs> Something um, we are uniquely qualified to talk. Yeah, about. I don't particularly <laughs> want to spend much time on this, but I what I think I I guess the way I feel most comfortable in saying this is w- there. I believe across the board, 
Japanese players that have come to Seattle or have stayed in Seattle have remarked and like emphatically remarked about how good a place it was for them to come and play and live. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do we still have Japanese tour groups who come through Safeco? Uh, I feel like that was I feel like that's a thing that started up during the Ichiro era and just kind of mm-hmm. never ended. I think it may still be the case. Yeah. Um, so I've seen them so, at Safeco. Like, there's a whole posse of people who pose on that hallway, you know, um, on the suite level. And the, mm-hmm. They all pose yeah, outside, yeah, yeah. or on the 200 level, yeah. outside that big... The, like, history. Panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, the, the Ichiro yeah. picture gets a lot of uh, a lot of poses, yeah. a lot of selfies. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I, I, you know, I mean, as, as much as anything that we can project would be... Uh, to the Mariners' benefit, you know, you you can make a case for Seattle as a great place to to move. Right. Um, it is obviously if you are anyone from yeah. most places. <laughs> everyone is, apparently everyone wants to live <laughs> yes. here. Um, how the team? The next question would be how the team plans to integrate Shohei Otani into their organization. Um, and you know, I I. I have not seen a player fail to integrate into a Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz-led clubhouse. I'm thinking about that I mean, picture. Remember the Instagram picture of Adam Lind, Ketel Marte, and Iwakuma yes, out to dinner? Yes. Fantastic. Oh, it's still one of my favorite. I mean, it, that initially makes me think of just like when my baseball teams would have trips to you know different colleges or different things like that and sometimes the rooming situation in the you know motel six or in the you know the double tree uh that we were staying at got switched up and so you ended up staying with you know a couple of the people you maybe didn't spend as much time with on the team but at the same time the idea that that you know the 33 <laughs> year old journeyman first baseman the 35 year old japanese starting pitcher and the 22 year old shortstop from oh, dominican republic Dic- yeah from the dominican DR, republic yeah. uh you know just were like, no english hey, no hey, english best for at that time no. yeah Hey, be, you know, best trio of friends. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get. Some, like, oh, Let's go eat sushi. I think they went to eat sushi, yeah. which yeah, sushi I is mean, a great, uh, great mediator. Everybody loves to go get sushi. I have noticed that baseball players love them some sushi. That's good stuff. I don't know. They're no, right. Who They're right. Sushi? Yeah. Um, we uh, have that too. Lots of good sushi here. <laughs> put that. Put yes. that on the questionnaire. <laughs> yeah, you, but no, I mean, I think that that... Seattle that Tourism kind of, Board. That kind of, I'm applying Excellent. for a job there after this. Um, so I think that that dates back to what they were doing, what they do in spring training, you know, where you mm-hmm. get to know everybody and there's the get to know you days and you learn that Tony Zick is a pool shark. And I mean, that was really <laughs> you, exciting. You to throw Leonis a party. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, oh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, but I no, you're. I think you're absolutely right. You know, sorry. Yeah, I. I it was a little. Uh, I don't think we saw as much of it last year because of the WVC, which at the time I thought was very good. But the more I respect, uh, reflect on it, and I think it was great for the young guys and to get so much playing time and so much TV time. All those guys want us to be on TV. 
Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it disrupted that whole bonding process that they have in place a little. On, on the other hand, it might have disrupted them getting really <laughs> yeah, attached to their teammates, which is so. <laughs> neither by, for health or for Depoto related reasons yeah, is a great idea. Fair enough. Then on the 2017 <laughs> Mariners. So. But I am excited to see like all the more painful. Remember when like all of them went and did a puzzle room and like Danny oh, Valencia yeah. and Edwin Diaz <laughs> turned out to be weirdly good at the puzzle. Like, yeah, I I mean I I'm I'm <laughs> excited right. I'm excited oh. to see stuff like that. Like the it's so hokey. It seems hokey, but again, if you've ever taught, which I have, um, how you start those first couple days, any teacher knows this. It's huge. You can either build yeah. a class that loves each other and cares for each other and gets along well in those first couple of days, or you can be the kind of monster who's like, syllabus, and we're just going to get started. And you spend no time in that team building, and you have a you have a bunch of strangers. So I think that the kinds of things that they do in that way... Um, I hope that I hope that there's like a loving slideshow of like all of them in the puzzle boxes and like <laughs> rolling around in those giant sumo things and um, you know whatever weird thing that they come up with for them to do this year at spring training and the situational hitting game and you know Cano and Cruz being team leader I do think that there's something there's something to be said for coming to a team that has a strong veteran leadership and I know we talked about this a little bit with Jordan. Um, when we talked about the Healy trade and how going to a team that has an identity, boy, the athletics are just not coming out well in this podcast. Sorry. Sorry, Ace fans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You you have a pretty, like, you know, pretty decent, like, farm system and set of young players. Like, y'all are going to be fine in a few years. But But right now, you're a hot mess. And uh, there's no veteran leadership. So coming to a place where there is that. And I'm wondering, can you think of other teams that have of that strong veteran core that you could really, because the Astros are young. The yeah. Yankees are young. Who? The Red Sox have Pedroia, who's broken, old, but like, yeah. He's out like, the first, what, five months of the season? <laughs> four months? Yeah. He's, uh, he's not yeah, going to be around for a while. Yeah. You could say the Dodgers, who have, you know. A Grandpa sort of Utley? No. Well, you have Utley, but you also have Adrian Gonzalez, and Hurt. you have Justin Turner and yeah. Kershaw. Um, you know, some sort of other place. But you know, it, it it certainly you know. I mean, even around the league, you know, Cano and Cruz are guys yeah. that people seek out and look up to, like no matter what team they're on. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good point there. Um, I would also, I think, just as at the end of this, also a pen. The Mariners have had Anthony Suzuki as yes. the interpreter and also great hair haver, handsome, handsome devil, very true, very handsome um, devil. You know, as as the you know with the organization for seventeen years now, eighteen it's years. Crazy. You know, so he, I mean, that type of thing, just having familiarity and. A lot of setup in these, and he was there. He was on trucks. the scouting trip, sitting next to Depoto. Yes. So, yeah, um, you know, it, sort of having that. I mean, it, it's essentially the the equivalent of just having the hardware and having the infrastructure set up where you can help players transition from different environments more easily when you have been doing that 
pretty successfully and you know having a series of relationships with players uh, that reflects well on you in into the future even when you haven't had on-field success you know that's that is I think worth worth mentioning and worth remembering mm-hmm. and uh, you know Ken Griffey Jr. played here and still managed to make a bunch of money in promotions. Yeah. So yeah. you're not, and especially with like the growth of social media and whatnot, you're not relegated to irrelevancy mm-hmm. if you come to Seattle anymore, I think, yeah. in the way that, you know, Robinson Cano is still a huge face in the game. Like yeah. Nelson Cruz still has a national profile. Like you can yeah. come to Seattle and still have a national profile. Yeah. So, um, if you're worried about your, <laughs> if you're worried about your, um, where your endorsement dollars are going to come from. Yeah, uh, and I think that di- you know that ties into the final question, which is relevant marketplace characteristics <laughs> and why, or and the other question, which is why is Seattle a desirable place to play? Is it Seattle? Duh. Uh, you know, Seattle's wonderful. You know the marketplace i don't know seattle's doing fine you can <laughs> yes. get money <laughs> seattle's okay <laughs> people know about seattle like it's, despite yeah, what the delta commercials would like you to believe yeah um far yeah. away is, from and, everywhere and, yeah. lost on its own cloud like what so we are <laughs> we are a major city i don't know what they're trying to do with that particular unexpected no no we're a port city like come on oh <laughs> God. Yeah. Every time I see uh, that commercial, I get a little mad. Sorry for shouting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ends up. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, and, and even in just the city itself, you know, it is closer to Japan than a lot of schools in the East Coast, which has been uh, an impact. Um, the franchise itself, I mean, I, this this will also, to some degree, just come down to what Otani is preferring, right? I mean. Ooh, I lost Sorry, you. I had to burp. Okay. Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I'll just start up. You know, this will have an impact in terms of is it going to be the team that has already won and has already been successful and, you know, has everything sort of set up for it in the Dodgers? or a team like the Yankees that has, you know, a long history of success, a, you know, established system and history where you are not going to be, you know, the guy, you're going to be the next in a line of many people. And that is, you know, obviously very enticing, but some people would rather be the guy who made it happen for this team and i mean maybe that sounds hopey or <laughs> no you know, a little bit I, over over you know over optimistic but you know something i've I'm been thinking a lot have, is um is i've been thinking a lot about kelsey plum deciding to come to the u-dub and the reasoning behind that because she's like a huge talent right uh could have gone anywhere was being recruited by all these huge places and she said you know i want to go be I want to go somewhere that's not expected. I want to go somewhere where, and she did have that confidence in herself where she was like, I can go anywhere. 
and be successful. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna put. I'm gonna pick the place where I have a good relationship with the coach, where I like the yeah. facilities, where I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there is, and maybe that's just when you are that much of a superstar, you you are confident enough to feel like you can bring the show with you. You don't have to go to anyone else's show. Like you can go somewhere yeah. and know that you're going to be the show. Um, and I could see how it could be appealing to not make the expected choice of going to the Yankees or the Dodgers and instead going to a place where maybe there hasn't been a mark made on the franchise in a long time. They haven't had a superstar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe you go to the Texas Rangers. Maybe you go to the Padres. I mean... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I I don't know, but I could see that being not wanting to be like just another face in a long line of, you know, um, and I think yeah. that that takes a certain special kind of person, and it takes a belief in your talent um, and in your ability to loom that large. Which I don't, I don't know. I think we've seen that out of Otani. So. And I guess I would finish with, you know, you and I, I think, do you think that the Yankees are still the favorite in this? I'm not sure because so much of it is just, you know, you look at, you click on any tweet about Otani and it's 55 Yankee fans all being like, can't wait to see him in pinstripes. And I, it's hard not to feel an inevitability about it, which again seems to kind of trickle up and affect how... Um, how the media talks about it. And there's just this, it's something, it's important to remember, I think, that it's something that's created entirely outside of Otani and entirely outside of anything we've heard about him. You know, any yeah. any of these things are just clouds that are made, you know, it's it's cotton candy that's like whipped together by whatever machine is running at the moment. Yeah. So I try... I try you know, that doesn't necessarily mean... I think the hard thing is uh, feeling less hopeful about the Yankees or feeling like that's less ine- inevitable doesn't necessarily mean that our case is better. You know? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But I will say just from, like, kind of reading everything I can about him and seeing the steps he's taking... And these these may mean nothing. Like, you know, it's it's all tea leaves, but not choosing Boris, sending out the questionnaire, I don't feel like he's going to make the easy choice just because it's the easy choice. I think if he goes to the Yankees, it's because the Yankees have put together a package that makes him believe that it's the best place for him. I don't... I, I think whatever he decides on will have come with a ton of thought behind it. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, because I think... We're a thinky kind of organization. Maybe I feel a little more hopeful than I did, like, even just a month ago. I agree. I, yeah. And a big part of that is listening to DePoto on that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, just saying, just laying the cards out. That really, I had forgotten about it, and now I'm, like, all whipped up into a fury, into a fervor. (laughs) I've got Otani (laughs) fever, and there's no Uh, cure. (laughs) Um... Yeah, and, and we we had a stretch of there where we were pretty concerned, right? Yeah. That he had oh. said, like, 
He'll make any whatever any team. team he he'll goes, make some team happy. very happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spectacularly passive voice. So <laughs> deflating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh no, that's the that's not the main character in the movie. Doesn't say that line. <laughs> you know, that's like some like the father character of like I don't know, just a passing <laughs> a bad dad. Yeah, just a. <laughs> Just a very like accessory extra one line uncredited says that. Absolutely. So that was it did it felt very I just felt like we were kicked out of the conversation entirely on that front. Um so the podcast was an extremely pleasant surprise. Although now Absolutely. I'm gonna be so like I'm just I feel like I'm setting myself up to get crushed again. Well, we <laughs> eventually the Mariners are not going to get crushed, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the landing's new a... slogan. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> eventually we will not be crushed. Oh, okay. So we we've I think made it through uh, the the seven questions evaluating his performance talking about sort of player development yeah and then we just put those last ones in a blender and just woo. yeah nailed it it. (laughs) (laughs) got it one uh yeah dunked on him uh it's probably good we weren't in charge of making (laughs) i really wanted to be partially involved in writing out the questionnaire and now i'm realizing maybe it wasn't a great idea so Uh, well it's not an audio question. We're golden. <laughs> By the end, uh, though, I probably would have just devolved into like a lot of hearts and um, <laughs> sketches. Very uh, lovingly made a collage. Man, I had some collage skills in high school. I could make a bomb yeah? collage, come to think of it. Were you making collages in high school? Depends. Well, no, on this if wasn't you think like mocking. cool or not. <laughs> it's not about your. <laughs> It's not about your like habits. Like if you're making just like chill, like like d- home decor collages, that's awesome. Like more power to you. And if you're making them for class projects, that's also fine. But what it was your high school assigning collages? Oh, no, I no. guess is my no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> once in a while there would be like an option to go creative with something. And uh-huh. so I remember distinctly like doing a lot of really ill-conceived. Um, things to try to show my creativity because again it's always a risk and sometimes it paid off hugely and other times it ended with me wearing a space needle costume and realizing i couldn't sit down in it all day Mm. yeah yeah wait what did you have to be a seattle landmark i'll show you pictures it's it's a long story don't go to all girls school kids they make you do weird (laughs) stuff (laughs) in the name of sisterhood (laughs) All right, uh, let's break. I will okay, take a break. <laughs> I have my collage that was on my high school locker right here. Actually, I'm going to snap you a picture of it. Oh God! All right, we'll all take right, a break. We'll be right, right we'll back. We'll take a break. You send me that. I'm going to. I'm pulling it off my wall right now. And we're back. Okay. 
now I have recovered from um, moving that thing off my wall, which uh, apparently was load-bearing and created a, <laughs> a cascading effect of uh, various paraphernalia. Um, I have disclosed my secret hoarder tendencies to John. A lot of confessions this week. <laughs> tea, tea lies. Bodhisattva, it makes you speak the truth. Um, <laughs> yes. Please please hire me. My my boss has a dog named Bodhi hmm. after Bodhisattva. So I <laughs> it seems like an appropriately Seattle thing. Like if you just had to tell someone someone had to guess your workplace or where you lived based on like one relevant detail about your workplace, I think that a dog named Bodhi <laughs> short for Bodhisattva, they would pretty much they might be able to nail it to like the specific neighborhood you work in. <laughs> All right, well, now it is, it is now is the time where we answer your questions on the podcast, and we'll try to be brief about this, because, boy, we have talked. <laughs> A first for us, for <laughs> sure. Uh, at David Weirs. Hi, David. Uh, uh, yes, he's our, he's our athletics fan friend. <laughs> sorry, David. <laughs> yeah, sorry if you've made it this far. Yeah, sorry. Sorry I'm we surprised. spent the whole podcast trashing your team. Um, would either of you want to see baseball and softball in the Olympics? Maybe winter for baseball, so the MLB can, players can play, uh, or make it like football, uh, and make it twenty-three and under or under twenty-three, uh, along with three exceptions. Um, and Kate, mm. I, do you have strong feelings vis-a-vis Olympics and baseball and softball? Well, I think baseball and softball are big enough sports that they should be Olympic sports. I think it would be good for the sport mm-hmm. nationally. Mm. I think about the cool stories we could get. Like, what if there was, like, an Icelandic baseball team that, yeah, you know, we could have cool runnings all over again? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think we both definitely think that it should be inside yeah. in the olympics both should be in the yeah olympics. i like the what, idea what, of a 23 and under format? um just because uh the olympics have some kind of a budget to work with right the olympic teams have some kind of a budget uh yeah beyond like and then they do like fundraise i think each sports does some degree of fundraising yeah, um, so, like, um, there is perfect game and all of that stuff, but, God, it is expensive to play prep baseball in America. Yeah. And it really keeps a lot of disadvantaged kids out. So if there was some kind of uh, scholarship program or funding that we could do, and, again, growing the sport among um, younger... Like, obviously, it would be super fun to see all the MLB stars out there, and I hope that that's what the WBC blossoms into eventually. But um, I think as far as growing the game, it would be a great idea to do 23 and under and, um, you know, really build that infrastructure and help develop youth baseball in a lot of underserved communities. It's a very Miss America answer, I feel, but whatever definitely and and i mean i think you know the infrastructure is already there in terms of like there is the u18 baseball world cup and there you know there's the you know there are u.s teams and uh you know definitely uh in in south korea and japan and uh several latin american countries you know there are national teams at several levels um so the infrastructure is there already for uh a large part 
Uh, and it's there for baseball. I yeah, mean, like Yadi Molina is coaching the under twenty three uh, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican team right now, right? Yeah. What keeps uh, breaking yeah. at your house? Uh, it. <laughs> I've been perhaps twirling the uh, bottle opener that we have here from <laughs> Boulevard Brewing Company uh, while I open my Deschutes <laughs> Brewing Company beer. Uh, sorry. <laughs> attempt to <laughs> control my hands. Right. It just sounds it sounds like you are no, every time I give an answer you don't like, you are like <laughs> like a cat like pushing a vase <laughs> off the shelf to express dis- disapproval. I don't know. Um but I I have a I have an amendment, an addendum mm. that I, I suggest to your plan. Because okay. I think the twenty three uh and under plan it, it makes sense. But uh, in in sort of my idealized room, um, and this is baseball specific in terms of softball. I don't know enough about the sport in general, but I I think just unfortunately due to the lack of major professional softball, uh, you know, uh, leagues to the degree that right. baseball has, um, I think, and and as well as the uh, you know differences in pitching strain on on. Uh, softball versus baseball, which you know is the entire I think reason that I would have any concerns about send, just saying, hey, the best players should go from from different places for for baseball. Um, you could do a different style where any player uh, any player from any age is eligible so long as they are not on an active MLB roster. Uh, or in an MLB, or, or, or either are uh, under 22, or maybe under 23, or not on an active MLB roster. Interesting. Uh, because I think you would get a very interesting uh, sort of mixture and situation mm-hmm. where you would get some much younger players for the most part, uh, or maybe it just would be not in any MLB organization period. Uh, and you'd get a lot of younger players, uh, you know, 18, uh, and under type situation, as well as a bunch of like 40 year olds. (laughs) Like, I think that would be so much fun because you'd still get good baseball and you would get major league players and, and you'd have coaches and whatnot. Uh, and maybe you would also get then a few players in there, uh, you know, at least from the U.S., you would get players, uh, you know, who were free agents but wanted to maybe build up their draft stock. Uh, and in other countries where the seasons are not quite as long or, or there are different philosophies around pitching, you could get, uh, you know, major players and, and you could have a very interesting uh, mixture because you have the World Baseball Classic, which I think has draws a different, uh, you know, I think is good for drawing a different group. Uh, so I think this would be fun. Agreed. All right. Um, our next question comes from uh, at Sanford and Son, our, our own Eric Sanford. Uh, please give your hottest uniform take on keeping the Trident logo for the spring training slash BP. Man, I don't believe in the curse of the Trident, but last year was just, (laughs) yeah, so I admit that I'm a little nervous. 
um, this would be a great year to prove that that is all hooey. Uh, if not, however, I fully support a ritual burning. Definitely. Um, I think they should do something with like a navigator's like steering wheel on a on a boat. That would be cute. I, wheelhouse. I, I wheelhouse. Yeah, wheelhouse. Exactly. You know, like the the Magallanes <laughs> uh, from Venezuela. Uh, have a great, have a great logo. I think something in that vein would be cool for the Mariners. Absolutely. Yeah, it is um, a little bummer to see other teams upgrade and have. Like, I think the Rockies have kind of a kick-ass one this yeah. year. It's a little like, sad who cares to about see. The spring like, training one, make it fun. Yeah, it's a little sad to see the same thing, but like maybe with a slightly rubbery trident instead of yeah. the stitched silver. <laughs> which I yeah. don't. Why rubbery? I don't. Yeah. Just I want to touch it once. Because I feel like tactilely it will be pleasing, but I won't buy it. Like, it's too similar to the one I bought last year. Yeah, exactly. And also potentially um, cursed. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. A question here from uh, Nate Davis, uh, at Nate Davis 26 on Twitter. If the Mariners fail to sign Shohei Otani, do they sign a bigger named free agent? Where would they go from there? This is going to be really confusing because uh, obviously everyone is sitting around waiting on Otani. So everything is going to be nothing and then it's all going to happen at once. And it's oh, it's going to be it's going to be nuts. <laughs> I almost yeah. wish we were not in on Otani. Obviously, I wish we were in a position where we didn't have to be all in on Otani because yeah. I feel like like Petit signed today for... Two for ten. You smear, yeah, you smear a it, For nothing. I mean, his first year is like, what, three point... His first year is less than what he's... It's 3.5 and then 5.5 with the club option. Yeah, so the first year is less than what we're going to pay Mark Zipchinski to throw like five pitches this year, which is upsetting to me. Although, the trade-off is, Yusmera Petit was a below replacement level pitcher two of the last three years. Fair, fair, fair. Um, but I don't know. Just still, ugh. I think I think he's better than that, and it's a bummer because we wanted to sign him. Yeah, but that's Jake's fault. Jake Manhart yes, uh, told <laughs> us on him. All Jake's fault. <laughs> Everyone point at point and yell at Jake. Um, but where where would they go from here? I think you've got to spend in center center field. So I think mm. that right now the benefit is no one's doing anything, so yeah. you can maybe get a deal. Um, mm-hmm. Just because people don't want to sit around all off season, uh, right. they would like to know where they're going so they can, mm-hmm. you know, not worry about being interrupted on vacation and whatnot. So <laughs> I feel like there's a there, we're in a sweet spot right now where you can get deals done for maybe not as premium a price as it will be when everyone's scrambling after Otani announces the one team that's going to get him and. It's just going to be chaos, and I, maybe there will be deals to had to be had then too. But um, I hope if they don't get Otani, I mean obviously Darvish. Uh, if they miss on that, I would like to see them spend in center field because it's the only yeah. other position you can significantly upgrade at this point. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, you know, then then you have to actually start making Lorenzo Cain a serious priority. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Stupid not, money. Is, yeah, and is and is you know I think not a terrible choice. And and but as we sort of made clear over the last few weeks, 
you know, Carlos Santana and you Darvish are preferable to us in terms of how you're going to allocate your money just because there are so many outfielders and you can get good outfield production more easily than you can get starting pitcher. And we have that Um, in the organization. Like, we have outfielders who will be ready, maybe not next year, but in a couple of years. Right. Um, And and even if they're not Lorenzo Cain-level production this year, um, you know, I think it's easier to make up that difference at you know, with a lesser outfielder or with a less costly outfielder yeah. than they would be at others. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I, it, that's a lot of doom and gloom. It, you know, they're not like done. Like they're they're projected to be an above average team in a very weak AL. Um, other than the top few teams, you know, it, right. they're no matter what they do, unless they completely stand pat, which would be very <laughs> surprising. Um, you know, I mean, if they completely stand pat, you know, we'll come back out here and tell you, hey, they're not going to be great. Yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> um, but we will reset expectations accordingly. Exactly, but as it stands, you know, it will be okay. Uh, you know the the team is still going to look a little look better than it does right now. So, um, all right. Our next question comes from Fat Cam two o six. Uh, less less Mariners related, and this is Cam, uh, and that's a P H A T. Uh, it should be noted. Uh, what do you think about new? game pace rules like the no pitch walk that go against the spirit of fundamentals and competition um kate what are your what are your feelings on on sort of some just the general push yeah, i can't get mad about the no pitch or? intentional walk i mean that's that's fine whatever that i think it's a dumb way to make up time um it's not as i think uh grant brisby wrote about where we lose the most time in baseball was it grant i think mm. it's grant um, so it's, you know, a lot of this is just doing little inconsequential things that might actually mess with the fabric of the game. Um, I do like the pitch clock that I've seen in the minors. It was effective in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, it got, Justice Sheffield got nailed on it a couple of times. Um, so it is an adjustment for them. Um, and I think it's tricky if you have to reset your signs and whatnot. So I don't know how much that's going to play out. But it does kind of the eternal dance of like the pitcher stepping off and then the batter stepping out and the pitcher stepping off and the batter. Se- I have no patience for that. So I'm fine with anything we can do to like speed that up. Uh, the courtesy runner, which is the extra innings positioning someone at second base is horrible. I mean, that's just horrible. It's it's an automatic end to the game, basically, and I don't yeah. think it would ever make it into the majors, but if it does, it that that's the one thing that I think can totally pollute the game. But luckily, I don't think mm-hmm. we'll ever see it. No, I just hope I, we don't waste I, a lot of time talking about it when there are other things that need to be examined in baseball. Like <laughs> paying your minor leaguers. Just, just a yeah. thought. Yeah. Um... I I'm I'm fine with the intentional. I don't miss intentional walks. I don't remember any intentional walks. Literally, no. There's like ever. the one example of the guy leaping across the plate to hit a ball, right? And yeah, and whatever. The, like some dude from Toronto, and that was super cool. Don't get me wrong, but like I don't remember the 
thousands of other intentional walks ever. I don't remember the times I personally was <laughs> intentional walked. Like that's like yeah. the coolest possible relation I've ever had to being, you know, to an intentional walk and I don't remember. Like that's <laughs> not <laughs> that's Yeah, not that's not that's not a fabric of me. the game that we're um yeah. messing around and, with and too much. I I go back and forth a little bit on the pitch clock type thing, you know, where it's like you you know, it does slow the game down a ton versus a uh you know a, a having a pitch clock where you're going rapid you know going every 20 25 seconds and we went to several rainier's games and kate i knew you went to many more than i did um you know i don't think that the game was made unpleasant or or worse by having a little bit of no, and pace. very infrequently did we see anyone called for a pitch clock violation, either because it just wasn't yeah. being super rigorously enforced. And I don't think it was super rigorously enforced in the AFL either. Um, right. It happened to be in the televised game. I think it was the salute to service game um, yeah. or military appreciation game. I always mix those things up. But it, it uh, and it did like it not, nailed yeah. it nailed particular pitchers. Like I said, like Justice Sheffield from the Yankees got called for it a bunch of times. So the other guys seemed to be pretty much able to just work around it. It didn't seem to impact pitchers that much. So right, yeah, I, I do. I do appreciate one of the things I do appreciate about baseball is that it is a very relaxed atmosphere. I you know it's a but I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be, especially from a fan's perspective. I don't think it's going to be messed up by taking your time. And no, but like literally, literally once in Tacoma, I was watching a Rainiers game, and there was a Mariners game on the TV, and the Rainiers completed <laughs> an entire inning before Ariel Miranda was done with one batter. And Miranda is a fast yeah. worker, so it yeah. was just—I mean—that's yeah. the pace of MLB, and I do think that that's something that they need to yeah. take a look at it, it, it it's fine uh, but i also don't think like people aren't being driven away from baseball because it's so slow like no I, it's, no it's, look how many people uh, watch game like, five okay. game five right that right. was the insane one yeah right like you you want in engaging games you want engaging games you want engaging personalities and you want the game to be covered in a way that is engaging to a variety of people right you know so i think that makes it bigger because you know, like football games are long football games take forever and nothing happens yeah. in football games most of the time like if you want constant activity you want basketball you want soccer you want rugby you know you want tennis like you you, you want games you want a different sport that that is not what people are you know missing out on in baseball people are missing out on it not you know, not having a connection to the people that are doing, that are playing yeah. it, or or not having you know, it it being portrayed in a compelling way to them, and and so I you know yeah, I fix gifts first is exactly like you know there are yeah, there are ways that the that baseball can reach out to people who are have either shied away from it or have never been engaged by it um, that that are very available and. There are some things they can speed up, but that's that's not the main issue. Right. Uh, yeah. Um. 
Okay, let's see. Uh, question here from uh, Bart uh, at Bart fifty-seven fifty-seven nine. Uh, so a simple one here. What is the best seafood place to eat? I like I like oysters. Um, that is my favorite. Okay. So is that a place or is that a no? Seafood? The the seafood. <laughs> I like oysters. Okay. The seafood. So I will okay. go anywhere that will offer me very fresh oysters of a lot with many varieties uh, inexpensively. And mm. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn downtown, has a happy hour that is nice. And also Anthony's. Just Anthony's. Has good oysters a lot of times. Interesting. Get a variety of them. Hmm. This is yeah. This is not something that I'm particularly well equipped to answer. Just because I have I I like fishing, and so I've eaten a lot of good fish that I've caught caught mm. or that I've caught with folks. <laughs> uh, well, no. You've been on um, Stottlemyre's fishing trips. <laughs> not yet, but uh, you know I'm I'm on the. I'm on the short list. <laughs> um but uh you know there there are I don't know there's there's not a lot of seafood generally available in my in my experience. So I I'll, I'll say there are a few places in Pike Place uh that are pretty pretty solid when it comes to their seafood. Yeah, generally um, if you can just locate yourself as close <laughs> to Pike yeah, Place as water you can. Just yeah. walk, walk near the water and then keep walking. You'll find good seafood. <laughs> you'll find a restaurant or you'll find a fish. <laughs> exactly. Just sit uh, on the sidewalk with one and just peel one open. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's go with our last question here uh, and, and we can wrap up. Um, this comes from our own Ben, Ben Thoen, Ben underscore Thoen on Twitter. Uh, does anyone in the organization stand out for a position change in 2018? Mm, ben we've looking for the next Joe DiCarlo. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we've seen Joe DiCarlo, who was a third baseman and a first baseman, a little bit undersized, but with good batting numbers in the low minors, make a switch to catcher uh, this past year, um, and then get a chance to play a little bit in the AFL as well and, you know, show continued decent batting numbers while uh, getting sort of, you know, decent reviews on his his catching, um, as well as guys like Eric Falia, who didn't necessarily see a huge change, but saw them move him to try and get him some versatility both in corner outfield and first base. Um, yeah, Felia didn't Kate, get quite the time at first base that I think they were thinking he would because no, but Josh it's Naylor. So easy. It it's is, so and you know, easy. I mean, Felia made that incredible <laughs> diving play in the outfield. And <laughs> don't listen to Wash- Ron Washington, guys. It's, <laughs> it's so, so easy, easy to play, to play, first, play first base. base. Uh, yeah, which is makes the problems we've had finding a decent first baseman all the more amazing. Um, by which I mean amazingly horrible. No, I don't I don't think we see the only thing I really see on the horizon is um Chris Mariscal who's at AA who I think is still with us. I can't remember if he was a free agent or not. Um I think he's still ours though. Uh he's ours. Yeah, he was maybe rule five eligible and they didn't forty man him. Something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, he was, yeah. But they'll put it. Exactly. I, I think we start seeing they're trying to mold him into like that utility, super utility mm-hmm. player. So he can play some shortstop. He can play some third. He can play a lot of second. I think next year you start to see him in the outfield more where they played him a little bit when he got moved to mm-hmm. Arkansas. Um, I think we see more of that for him. But at the major league level, I don't I don't think we see too much. Uh, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Mike Marjama, if he's going to be a catcher or if yeah, they want to use I him at first or whatever. I think maybe we'll see him a little bit, but I, I can't imagine they move Marjama away from catcher. No, just, no he's too valuable um, Unless there. he takes off hitting in a way that is not expected yeah uh no i think um, they keep him i th- honestly that's a bit of a position switch for him just getting regular mm-hmm. reps at catcher because he wasn't even getting that at tacoma they dh'd right. him a bunch they put him at first right. a couple times so gotta get those toughy, those toughy <laughs> gotta, well toughy is important toughy is important to the pitching staff down there that's so true. um that's why mike Marjama will start next year <laughs> on the mlb roster please please <laughs> Uh, I I agree. I think that would be the right choice. I yeah, Evan White is a guy oh, who yeah. has been specifically mentioned, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, uh, even, um, as a guy who's sort of an a, a brilliant defensive first baseman, uh, but also is capable of playing the outfield well. You know, which is sort of the reverse that you normally see. Um, you know, he played outfield. Uh, as uh, a member of the 18 and under Team USA, I believe. Or, or, well, I should say, I know he pl- I don't remember if it was the 18 and under or 21 and under, but regardless, when he was with the Team USA that he was playing on, uh, he played outfield. So it's it's not something he's unfamiliar with. But uh, yeah, I, you know, out, outside of that, there are, there aren't many guys right now who who come to mind at, outside of the guys we've talked about. Thank you for those of you who have uh, suffered, <laughs> suffered slash hung in there, listened this whole time. Uh, we appreciate it, and we will hopefully be able to come back with some actual news next time. Maybe something will have happened bigger than a Yusmero Petit signing. See, I can't say any names. Uh, until next time... Thank you for listening. This has been the Lookout Landing Podcast. I'm Kate, he's John, and we will talk to you next time.